What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's Three on Three Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. How's everybody doing? Woo! Upgrade <laughs> sound effects. Max, all for yourself, huh? I thought you were a giver. This is for all of us. It's all oh, under his head. That's a good point. <laughs> we're taking it to the next level, y'all. Thank you for joining us. We have a new mixer, so we've got some toys we're going to try out. Let us know if they're dope, if they annoy you. <laughs> All of the above, we probably won't stop doing it, but uh, you know, we will always welcome your opinions. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Orlando at KGW. Orlando KGW, where can they find you, Jared? You can find me at Jared Cowley. Nate? At, at Enhance underscore KGW. Max? You can find me at, uh, at Max N Bar. All right, let's get down to business, y'all. Uh, the Blazers play their second game of the preseason tonight against Maccabi Haifa at the Moda Center. Lillard, McCollum, Whiteside, they're all sitting out. Load management is what they call it. The game isn't on TV, so if you want to see it, you'll need to get out to the game and actually watch it in person. What is this, the 1980s? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> the rest of the preseason schedule is Saturday at home against the Suns, Wednesday at the Jazz, and Thursday at the Nuggets. And then the regular season, guys, Wednesday, October 23rd, against those Nuggets at the Moda Center. Let's talk a little bit about uh, game one of, of the preseason without diving in too deep, but yeah. just curious to get a little bit of insight from you guys after, after watching the first preseason game. Uh, I want to hear from Jared. Uh, the Blazers could not hit any shots yeah. at all. <laughs> um, but that doesn't matter. I mean, I know this is such a tired disclaimer, but preseason results don't matter. So <laughs> everything we talk about about preseason today take it with a grain of salt but that's all we have to talk about right now and it was a fun event you had you know the coaches were wearing really slick stuff man the time. Yeah. <laughs> terry stotts brought Ooh. it man <laughs> had the chest hair out if mike malone was fan. feeling uncomfortable it was great <laughs> if you're not proud of terry stotts something's wrong with you <laughs> um you know the blazers wore their their very nice throwback jerseys there were blazers legends in the house it was it was a great event, and the result of the game didn't matter. But there were some fun things that we saw in the game. We'll talk about those later. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it was all about the event mm -hmm. uh, the, the other night. I mean, I don't think anyone really cared much about what went on in the game. Like Jared mm -hmm. said, it uh, would have been nice if the Blazers could have shot a little bit better, maybe given a little bit better show for the crowd that did show up. But it was all about nostalgia, mm, right? That's what, that's what Tuesday night was all about, and the Blazers certainly delivered as an organization on that. 50th season, 50th anniversary, getting a chance to play a game at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. That's got to be really cool for a lot of fans that remember and were there when the Blazers were, were playing there back in the day. I know that, like, our Art Edwards had, had followed a, a fan who was there, you know, back in, se in the 70s, you know, when, yeah. when the Blazers were playing games there and got a chance to revisit it again for the 50th season. It's stuff like that that really stands out, and I think... Uh, the Blazers nailed it by doing something like this, even down to the threads, not just with Coach, but the actual uniforms. Uh, those suckers are clean. I'm Good sure, I'm sure it brought back beautiful. memories for Jared, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> not that old, man. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Sound like my kids. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. You know the drill. It's uh, three on three for a reason. There's three questions. There's three of us. There's three answers. You can find those on KGW.com. We dive into question number one. There's been a lot of talk about championship aspirations in the lead-up to this season. Neil Olshay, Terry Stotts, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Ken Bazemore, they've all spoken openly about the Blazers' championship goal this season. Do you agree? Does Portland have a championship roster? 
are the Blazers title contenders, Nate? This is a no-brainer, and for the first time in a long time, the answer is yes. They are title contenders. And granted, the net this year is a little wider than it's been the last couple of years. I think there's probably, in my opinion, I think there's seven teams in the Western Conference that at the start of the season you could say are legitimate title contenders. Now, some will live up to expectations and others will falter. Uh, but those seven teams in no particular order to me are the Blazers, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Warriors, and the Rockets. To me, all seven of those teams have the talent and have the roster that if things break right for them, they can win the Western Conference. And if you can win the Western Conference, you'll certainly be able to win the NBA Finals. Now, where do the Blazers kind of fit in that order? That's kind of where I took this question. To me, I think I'd put them fifth out of those seven teams. I think I'd put the Clippers one to start the season. I'd put the Warriors two because I'm still not ready to give up on them yet. Mm -hmm. I'd put the Jazz three with the offseason moves they've made. Just by respect, I'm going to put the Lakers four, but I still, like everyone else, have questions about that roster. The Blazers five, the Nuggets, I don't think they're quite ready yet to make that jump, so I'm going to say six. And uh, the Rockets, I think, is a train wreck potentially waiting to happen, so I'd put them at seven. But all these teams have question marks. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's going to come down to, you know, whose role players exceed expectations this year and who can stay healthy. That's another thing that always, you know, derails team seasons throughout the year and changes the landscape of the conference. Um, but the front office for the first time in a long time, I think has built a roster that could contend for a championship. And if you're a fan, that's all you can ask for. Now it's up to Terry Stotts and the players to make the most of it. I went a, a different way with this question. Uh, I agree, like you can make the case for so many different teams yeah. in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, you're, you probably have the Clippers at the top, or most people do, and they probably have the most talent yep. uh, depth-wise. But as you've mentioned, like, so many things can happen yep. during the season. Um, even when the Warriors looked like they had life in the finals, yeah. injuries struck them to, mm -hmm. to, to really put them away. But what I really liked about this, and uh, shout-out to Jared for, for telling me, hey, you need to check out Jason Quick's most recent story that he did. And really what it was was about the team dinner um, where everybody got together and for the very first time they were using that magic word, which was yeah. championship. And uh, Quick did a, an amazing job of really pulling some of this information out of the guys because I would think that this would be kind of a private thing that a lot of them would, yeah. wouldn't want to get out of the room. And um, Damian Lillard was openly talking about it. Kent Bazemore was openly talking about just the, the sensation that comes along with winning a championship. To circle back to this question, what I took away from it was that they're speaking this into existence. Okay. That for the first time, like, they had the guts to actually yeah. put, it, put it down. And I think that says a lot about where this team thinks that they are. The window... Their opportunity to do this is open right now, and it's open for a limited time. Uh, we've talked about it in previous podcasts before last season and into the playoffs that this window for Dame and CJ's prime is now. Yes. And so everybody knows that that urgency is there. Mm -hmm. And so bringing in players that fit that same mindset, whether it was a Kent Bazemore or you go down the list of guys to Pau Gasol who have the experience and know what it takes to go deep into the postseason. 
they're all on the same page, it feels like. And so to see them talk about this, I, I just think it, it is a big deal. And we had a chance to hear from Damian Lillard at practice. And, you know, Jamie Goldberg of the Oregonian had asked him about, you know, are you guys tired of being underdogs, uh, of, you know, teams picking or people picking against you guys? This offseason and preseason tradition of the Blazers <laughs> aren't where they should be. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make yeah. the playoffs, like all of that stuff that, that goes along with it. And here's Damian Lillard's response to that. We over it. I thought we was you know, kind of over it last year. Just, I mean, we're not underdogs. You know, we're just the easy team to, to count out. It's, that's the easy thing to do. You know, it's not a big market, not an attractive team, I guess. But we don't view ourselves as underdogs because we we up there at the top every year. So we don't even, that's not a part of our, our thought process. We just show up and do what we do. And um, we're true to that. And I think that brings us the kind of results that we're looking for, you know, where we're in position to, to play for a championship every year. And I love that he put a bow on it by mentioning that word once again, yeah. which is championship. Jared? I think he saw a couple new things going back to what Dame said. That's new. They've always taken these slights from national media or whomever is making these projections personally, and they've talked about it. You remember the they, everyone's against the Blazers. <laughs> you know, what was it? Uh, Rip City on the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that stuff was, was built out of that, and they don't care anymore. Or at least they're expressing that they don't care anymore, and that's new. And I think that shows maturity. You know, that shows championship-level teams. They don't care about what the outside media says. They don't care about that. Another thing that was interesting to me from, from Jason Quick's article is I kind of expected to hear this. I mean, Dame has always been confident about the team's championship potential. I wasn't too surprised to hear about it from C.J. McCollum or some of the other players or Neil Olshay. But to hear Terry Stotts, who is usually very measured, doesn't get into this kind of, I don't want to call it hyperbole because I don't think it is, but he's very measured in what he says. Mm -hmm. He said this roster deserves this kind of talk, that they have to have this championship menta mentality because the roster merits it. Yeah. And I agree with him. I, I think the Blazers are absolutely championship contenders this season. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. Yes, they were swept by the Warriors, but they were competitive in those games, had double-digit leads. They got a lot of postseason experience, which a team needs in last year's playoffs. For the first time in years, and that's what makes this NBA season so exciting, the title feels like it's up for grabs. Yeah. Nobody's playing for second anymore like they were for the past few years because of the Warriors. There, the super teams, at least for now, is over. And so teams like the Blazers and a handful, a large handful of other teams, feel rightly justified in believing that they have a chance at winning an NBA championship. And the Blazers should be there. They have a top 10 player in Damian Lillard. They have a second star in C.J. McCollum, who I think when he is playing at his best is a top 20 player. We saw it in uh, Game 7 against Denver. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw that ESPN did its player rankings this year, and C.J. McCollum ranked 13th, and that was higher than anyone expected. Uh, yeah. But I do think when he's at his best, he is a top 15, top 20 player. Yeah. You have a strong supporting cast. You have an excellent head coach. You have a front office that's willing and able to go out and make the moves during the season to boost this team's championship potential. So I absolutely think they're a championship contender. I don't think they're the title favorites, no. but they're definitely in the mix. And like you said, you, Nate, you, uh, I think, 
had seven teams in the West. Yeah. I would add two teams from the East, the Bucks and the 76ers. Yeah, I was just leaving put, the Eastern right, Conference absolutely. out. absolutely. I'd put all of those teams, nine teams, as championship contenders, and the Blazers are one of them. Yeah. And this is, I mean, they should be openly talking about this. Like, mm-hmm. it is nice to hear that they're actually doing it, and it is different from the past. But in the past, if they were talking about championship after another first-round playoff exit, we'd all be rolling our eyes. Absolutely. So it didn't make sense publicly or really even privately to openly talk about that when the Warriors had Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and the Blazers were being eliminated in the first round year in, year out, it would make no sense for them to talk about this. Mm -hmm. But because they won two playoff series last year and got to the Western Conference Finals, we've talked about this before, it's a progression. And for the Blazers, the next step is to be an NBA title contender. They've been to the Western Conference Finals once before. Their goal is obviously to get back there, but if they're going to do even better than last year, they have to get to the NBA Finals, which means you're a championship contender. So I think that's why we might be hearing the talk a little bit more, Mm -hmm. is because they took that step last year towards an NBA title, and the fan base believes now that they can potentially get there. And I don't feel like it's... I don't feel like in any way it's just lip service. Like, yeah. like they're just doing this because they know they got to the Western Conference Finals last year, and this is the next step. So they need to have this kind of mentality. So they're, you know, not to really dismiss what you said, but I don't th- even think they're just speaking it into existence. Yeah. I think this team, almost to a person, believes that they can win a championship this year. Yeah, and I don't think that was true of any team in the past decade. Maybe the team in 2014-15, I think that they believed they could go all the way. But other than that team, this is brand new. When you have a goal and you feel that it is realistic and you've put in the work, I think this is the first step in doing that, is actually making it public and saying those things. Because if they wanted, that would have never gotten out. Right. Like, they wouldn't have just said, hey, Jason Quick, you guys... You want, you want to know something? You yeah. know, it, it doesn't work like that. Like, Damian Lillard truly believes this. Yeah. And he's letting everyone know and putting everyone on notice that this team believes that they're among yeah. these teams that can contend. And this is the first time in a couple of years I think we all feel they have a roster that could potentially match up to that. You know, in the past, yeah. we've talked yeah. about before, yeah, Al Farouk Amino, Maurice Harkless, some of those guys kind of knew what to expect, but they all had ceilings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their ceilings were not good enough to get the Blazers to the NBA Finals. Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, Rodney Hood, Kent Bazemore, Yusuf Nurkic, if he comes back healthy, all these guys who could fill different roles for the Blazers all have extremely high ceilings that we say that could be the missing piece to get them to the NBA Finals. All right, let's take a a step back now. And you mentioned a lot of those players, many of them that we're seeing for the first time. So question number two, what stood out to you guys, either good or bad, about the Blazers' first preseason game, Jerry? I liked what I saw from Kent Bazemore. Um, I liked what I saw from him in FanFest. He was the fan-voted MVP of FanFest. You know, what we've seen from him so far, and I kind of expected this, but he's even been better than I anticipated. Just a lot of energy, really aggressive defense. He had seven steals. That's insane. Even for a preseason game, that number's absurd. And you just, you notice him out on the court. He looks great in transition. He's not hitting his shots yet, but... If he brings all of this energy, aggressive defense, good playmaking and transition, and he starts hitting the three, I mean, watch out. This, this guy's going to be a real difference maker for the Blazers. 
In the five seasons prior to last season, last season he slumped and hit 32% from three. But this five seasons before that, he hit 37% from the three-point line on more than three attempts per game. So he is a three-point shooter. And this is the kind of three-and-D player that the Blazers have wanted for a long time. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a huge impact, I, I think, only off the bench. But I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. <laughs> Um, Jared's like already limiting his role already. <laughs> well, Co- I, Coach Cowley over there. I'm, I'm curious about that small forward position, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> I liked watching Mario Hazonia too. He's been fun to watch in FanFest and in the first preseason game. He's really good in transition, and he yeah. pushes the ball well. It's been fun to watch how fast the Blazers are playing right now, and I don't know if that will continue, but it would be great if it can. Uh, he looks like he has some playmaking chops. I, I liked what I saw from both him and, and Bazemore. And if they're leading that second unit, then that second unit can be good, but also really exciting to watch. I also was really impressed with Zach Collins. And his stats don't jump off the page. He had 10 points and 6 rebounds. But he looked really confident in the pick and pop in the mid-range and from the three-point line. He looked confident in the post. He looked strong physically in the post. Yeah. He wasn't getting pushed around. And I thought, I was surprised when I looked at the box score because when I was watching the game, I thought he had at least two blocks. Yeah. And he just made a real impact and looked really comfortable out on the court. And that's, if he's going to be playing 28, 30 minutes a game as a starting power forward, that's what you need to see from him. And he only got three fouls. That was, that was <laughs> going to be what I chimed in with. He played 24 minutes and only had three fouls. That, that's uh, That's... That's a great takeaway there for the first preseason game. Right. Uh, so what stood out to you? You We mentioned it earlier. Uh, easily the best part of that night was Terry Stotts' suit, right? Yes. Like, yes. that should be up on the team online store, right? right? You should be able to go and buy that right now for Halloween and dress up as Terry Stotts at the start of the season. Doesn't that seem like a great marketing campaign right there? 100%. My mind is blown right now that the Blazers did not do this. They should have at least had a, a Terry Stotts picture spot where you can go and take a picture with yeah with that like a cardboard cutout yeah, like yeah. something man like guys we're speaking it into existence yeah. yes. blazers make it happen yeah, yes man. we all know the blazers, the blazers marketing team is listening to our <laughs> podcast on the regular loyal listeners there we go okay so n- now that we got that out of the way uh to the pre to the actual basketball itself uh i didn't take away much most of my takeaways were what jared has already hit on obviously it would have been nice to see the blazers shoot a little bit better 20% from three, and what was it, 31% from the field? Uh, that's not exciting for anyone in the building to see, and obviously not something the Blazers can have happen on the regular in the regular season. But as Jared said, Kent Bazemore defensively looked really good, and the Blazers are going to need that type of lockdown defender this year. And Mario Hazonia, we've heard a lot about him through training camp. He's a guy that, if he is ready to consistently play for the Blazers, he can fill a lot of roles for Portland because he can play small and he can play kind of big as well. And so we saw flashes of his athleticism, his explosiveness. And so if that's something that the Blazers can count on in the regular season, having those type of performances in the regular season from Kent Bazemore and Hazonia will go a long ways to the Blazers' championship aspirations. Hazonia was fun to watch, yeah. too. You know, and I like that he likes to pass. Because um, I think we're going to get a lot of highlights that way. Uh, <laughs> Orlando's I, thinking Twitter right always, now. Always, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm thinking TV and Twitter at, all, all the time. But uh, for me, it was Kent Bazemore as well for all the reasons that, that Jared mentioned. 
this is exactly what this team needs is, is a guy like him that can defend at a high level and wants to defend at a high yeah. level. Uh, he's going to take so much pressure off of Damon CJ. And you mentioned just how fast he played. I mean, he was on both ends of the floor. Uh, that made it fun to watch. And even hearing Terry Stotts talk about it at practice, that this may have been the, you know, the highest-paced game it would have been all of last year. Yep. And to see that right out of the gates. Do you know how many fast break points they had? How many? 15. Yeah. Uh, of course you would know that, yeah. Jared. All that's over like, it. That's probably more than they had in any game last <laughs> season. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they missed a lot of shots. It was sloppy. It was what you would, mm-hmm. you, what you would expect in a preseason game. But... For a guy to have seven steals, he's 30 years old and playing that hard in a preseason game yeah. that shouldn't matter to a dude that's going to get quality minutes for the Blazers. That says something that this guy is is locked in. It speaks and, a and lot. That's what you want to what you want to see. It speaks a lot to the buy-in of everyone on this roster right now into yeah, this man. team and what this team could possibly be. You know, if you don't see that type of effort from someone who's not bought in not only to mm-hmm. his role with the team but to the team's ultimate goals as well it's it's re- it's got to be reinvigorating for this guy to be on a team that is competing that's not worried about an overhaul of going young and yeah. things like that so he's in a great spot right now and the blazers are going to need him to play well and that that three ball's got to fall yes yeah. that three ball's got to fall at some point all right, guys, there are four preseason games left before the Blazers uh, open the regular can season. Can we just skip October all four? 23rd. What are you most interested <laughs> in seeing from the Blazers in the rest of the preseason, Jared? Uh, I want to see them stay healthy. That's all I really care about. If that means that they limit the minutes of their best players, so be it. I mean, they're, they're not playing Dame, CJ, or Whiteside tonight. That's the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to see if something we've seen in both FanFest and in the first preseason game is this team really pushing the pace. We talked about that a little bit. I just want to see if it continues. Mm-hmm. Something that's cool is, especially with that second unit, you've got guys who kind of in the past with the Blazers, you get a rebound and then you look for the guard. Yeah. And so that slows it down immediately. But if you've got Bazemore or Hazonia, you know, Simon, any of these guys who get the rebound, they're taking off. Yeah. And the whole team's running with them. And I heard that basically the Blazers have been doing that since they got together early September and started. It's just been run, 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 run. And if that's really going to be a focus for them, especially in that second unit, I think that's, that's great. I mean, again, the more easy points you can get, the better. Yeah. And they seem to have the personnel to be able to do that for a change. Um, I'm also, again, going back to Bazemore, I'm really intrigued to see if he can continue to play at the level that, that he is. And whether that create some kind of decision about who's going to start a small forward. I think we've assumed that Rodney Hood's going to be the starter. But if Bazemore continues, he looks more valuable than Hood right now. Mm -hmm. And if that continues to be the the case, do you start him at small forward, or is he so valuable as kind of the leader of that second unit that you need to keep him in that role? And so I'm interested to see how that plays out. I, I want to see four more Terry Stotts 1970 suits, <laughs> to be honest here. I want one more for each preseason if, game. Is if that you too don't much dress to... up as Stotts for Halloween now, I'm going to be really disappointed. Oh, man. Is that too much to ask for? No. Like, no that's, man. I think we should all get that. Blazers, um, don't drop the ball on yeah, this. Yeah, no, let's not. So we've gone 23 minutes in this podcast, and I don't even know if we said Anthony Simon's name, which is just absurd because that's all we've talked about all offseason. Yeah, Max is, Max is nodding right now. He mm-hmm. knows what I'm talking about. Uh that's who I want to see in these next four preseason games. We've still seen very limited ac- game action with him. And so kind of I just want to see 
uh, what he can do out there and how he fits in with this team, what type of role they think he can have. And, I mean, like we talked Dude, about, he's... you've seen what he can do. Well, I want to see, but <laughs> you want to see him no. get buckets. Yeah, like, exactly. Buckets. I want to see him, like, drop 50 in a yeah. preseason game. <laughs> that's if, if, really... If we're being real, that's what I really want to yes. see. Is Anthony Simons drop 50 tonight and only the people who are at the game get to see it. They're the only ones who get to witness that type of history right there. Uh, but no, that's, I mean, look, here's an exciting young player. And yeah, yeah, we know what he can do, but we really haven't seen him a ton. And so right now, anytime we get to see him, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a shot of adrenaline right now. And so that's kind of what I want to see the rest of the preseason individually. As a team, Jared hit on it, just the flow of the offense. Uh, and a little bit is, to me, this is the first roster in a while where they've surrounded Dame and CJ with shooters on the outside. So I want to see what that's going to look like in the half court. And as Jared brought up, the pace of play. That was faster in the first preseason game. And Jared talked about easy points. That's been a real struggle for the Blazers the past couple of seasons. When their offense has slumped, and we have seen it slump for extended times before, it's because they didn't have ways to get easy baskets, and they had to rely on maybe Damian Lillard hitting a fallback contested three, you know, to get the offense going. And if you can get fast break action this year and get yourself easy points, then you will, hopefully we won't see those type of offensive slumps we've seen each of the past two seasons. Think about the ceiling for this offense. I mean, they've been a top five offense for the past couple seasons while being one of the worst transition offenses in the NBA. So if they can maintain being an elite half-court offense, but also mix in some of that transition offense, I mean, this, this offense could be one of the, maybe the best in the NBA. Let's see them get layups, in, in <laughs> yeah. other words, you know? Like, yep. I mean, they're, they're hitting tough shots at, at a high clip. And it was funny, because Terry Stotts even laughed about this. Um, Jay Allen was asking him about the pace of, of play and stuff like that. And Terry just kind of looks over it and smiles and laughs. Is like it's not like we're not we haven't been trying to do this <laughs> yeah. for the last seven years, yeah. you know. And so finally, they've got some pieces that can run and gun a little bit, and it's going to be fun to see how it all plays together. It would be nice to see a Dame trailing on a break and pull up for for three yeah. Yeah. and get those open looks, you know, and, and knock those down. Uh, it's, there's a lot to be excited about, but. Just watch for the new guys, see what they do out there, and let's all overreact to it. Yeah. We, have oh, two no. weeks. we have two weeks of overreacting until the games count. I think it's going to help speed up this process until October 23rd. So all I want to hear from, from people out there are, are hot takes and... Um, let's let's go overboard with it until the season begins. Anthony Simons is going to be the best three-point <laughs> shooter. Did you see he knocked down three of them in that first preseason Dude, game? Dude, I saw him at practice. He hit like four in a row, man. Oh, I, I, man. I, I should have just taken video for you of that because... You might have lost it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, gosh, he's so good. Yeah. Can, can we skip to like five years from now, whether he's on the Trailblazers or not, and he's an all-star? He'll be my new favorite player. Klay Thompson will probably be retired at that point. LeBron will be long gone. Anthony Simons is the next one, man. It's too bad he wasn't a Coug, man. Oh, man. Oh, don't even get me started there. He didn't even go to college. He, if, if, uh, if he knew WSU was interested, he would have come. All right, Jared. Speaking of overreacting. There we go. Uh-oh, here we go. I'd like to see Simons be a little bit better. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Getting Not into the paint and actually converting. In oh. FanFest and in the preseason game, and again, this means nothing, it's, but if we're overreacting, he's getting his shot blocked. He's missing easy shots at the rim. 
he's hitting his threes and that's great, but if this guy's going to be as good as we want him to be, I'd like to see I love him that, get that I love that Jared just knocked him at, at, at <laughs> least, for fan fest performance. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least it took 28 minutes for him to knock him this time as opposed to two minutes into the last podcast. Look, Jared. I this didn't is, knock him in the last podcast. Yes, you did. I you said the hype train shade. is going way too fast with this guy. And then you had to be like, he's not as good as Luka Doncic right now. Well, yeah, way to be a buzzkill. Exactly. But, no, this is what the great ones do, Jared. See, this is what Anthony <laughs> Simons is doing, is he's setting everyone up right now. Oh, and he's thinking, everyone right now, they're going to see the tape you saw. Everyone was watching FanFest. Everyone was watching that first preseason game. They have it on tape. They see, oh, that guy can't finish when he gets into the paint. And he's going to surprise them all come regular season I, time. I love that you couldn't resist, Jared. Like, oh, you, you brought the content that we need. I, uh, thank I, you for injecting You injected this into my veins right here. <laughs> I listened to Nate talk about 50-point preseason games. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept quiet, but at, at some point I had to chime in. Max, what are you looking forward to? First of all, there's been way too many mentions of FanFest on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, That's my fault. <laughs> real quick, over under 32 points tonight for Simons. What are, you, are you going under, Jared? No, I'll go over. Oh, what? So, <laughs> what? so everything you said means nothing. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to remind to all of you that I won Rip It and the regular season competition oh, last gosh. year. You're sounding an awful lot like me right now. You're flip-flopping, you're bragging, you're doing everything right now. Out of the Nate Hansen handbook yeah, right I here. said I would like to see him hit some shots at the rim. Now I'm just saying that he will. Yeah, well, he's, I say he's scoring 50, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> How long are you going over to? Over 32 for Simon? I'm State? taking the under. He's barely going to play. Oh, my gosh. Really? Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, Who's no. going to play tonight, then? No, nah, they got to play Simon. Do you want him out there for, for 40 minutes of your thoughts? Well, not no. <laughs> but if I'm, a, if I'm a fan going to the game, I want Anthony Simons out there for 40 minutes. Like Jalen Hortz, you know, a fine player and everything, but I don't want to – I'm not spending money to go see him play, you know? <laughs> Give me Anthony Simons. Where can people get the podcast? You can subscribe fan to Three Fest. On <laughs> Yeah, it was at FanFest. You can subscribe to Three on Three Blazers wherever you get your podcast. Look for it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review it. Give us all, all of your five star ratings. Mm -hmm. We want all of them. Mm -hmm. And if you yes. like the podcast, please tell your friends. Tell your family, anyone you know who likes the Blazers or the NBA, tell them about it. Tell the Blazers marketing team so they can get in on some of these great ideas right here. Well, it's already on the website. It, yeah. <laughs> it, in the Blazers' defense, they, they are having decades nights. Uh -huh. So the, the talk around the uh, practice facility in Tualatin is whether or not uh, they can get Terry Stotts to participate in 80s night or He's 90s got, night. He, he needs to be moonwalking up and down, you know, courtside there. <laughs> so I'm all for it. Yeah, this sounds great, right? <laughs> all right. I think we've... Uh, We've reached our limit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, preseason's difficult, yeah. you know, because, you know, there are little things we notice, but as you said, unless we're extremely overreacting, it's hard to get, you know, really good talk about preseason basketball. I think, especially with this team, because of the fact that 
their goal is to win a championship. You know, it's easier to get into preseason when you have a team who's really just trying to find themselves and everything like that. Like maybe the New Orleans Pelicans. They could potentially be a playoff team, but that would be their ceiling. You know, for them, mm-hmm. the preseason would be a little more exciting. For the Blazers, we just want to get to the real thing already, baby. Let's get this roller coaster going. Perfect. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking, it's going to be our big season preview. So Woo! we're going to be talking a lot about the upcoming season, and we're going to have the first version of Rip It. Oh, Mexican. Look at that next week, and we are very much looking forward to that. So make sure to subscribe now so that you can tune in next week for the big season preview. More se- regular season talk and less fan fest talk next week. No fan fest talk. Oh, I'm, I'm putting it down right now. Man, we're we're going to hold you to that, Jared. <laughs>